Before we get started with today's show, I'm here to tell you about Brez Coffee Company, made by gamers for gamers right here on the Gulf Coast in Pensacola, Florida. Do you like lighter medium roast? Then try the Necro Medium, Holy Grail Light, or Stamina Boost. Or if you're like me and prefer darker roast, try the Critical Dark or the Coup Slayer Mocha Roast. But what if you can't pick just one? Then try one of their specialty sample packs, perfect for an all-night gaming or in the case of my fellow filmmakers, an all-night editing session. Forget about all the crappy coffee you've been buying at the grocery store and head on over to brezcoffeeco.com. Use the promo code DDE at checkout to get 10% off your order. Have you ever thought to yourself after listening to this podcast, why didn't Derek ask this question? Or why didn't he ask that question? I know I certainly have. Well, you get the chance to do that if you sign up for my Patreon at patreon.com slash ddiamondpodcast. You get the chance to ask guests of the show a question. If you're a fan of the top five list, you get the chance to vote on what the topic will be. You also get early access to episodes, accessibility to my film scripts, and so much more. And you can do so by heading over to patreon.com slash ddiamondpodcast. And we want to thank our patrons, Tim Spivey, Donna Diamond, and Shannon Williams. Thanks so much for your continued contributions. And now, on with the show. Welcome to the Derek Diamond Experience Podcast, where every week I take a look inside the world of film and television with those who have lived it and experienced it. I am your host, Derek Diamond, and coming up on today's show, you'll be hearing my conversation with casting editor, commercial director, and fellow podcaster, Luke Cheney. And talking with Luke was very interesting in the sense that I had no idea how reality television, or as he educated me on non-scripted television was made. You know, I I know that it has a huge audience. People have loved it since the medium was introduced several years ago, but I had no clue as to the inner workings of it. So it was great getting to chat with him about that, his time working on The Voice, and some of his other work that he's done as well, and also talking about his podcast, the Movie Time Capsule podcast, which I'll be appearing on very, very soon. But fun chat with Luke, great getting to meet him and hope to keep in contact with him you know, even long after this interview is posted. And hopefully you all enjoy it just as much as I did. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Luke Cheney. Welcome back to the Derek Diamond Experience podcast. And this week, it's my pleasure to welcome casting editor, producer Luke Cheney. Luke, how are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on, Derek. I am excited to talk about whatever you want today. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, we we connected through a pretty cool website called Podbooker.com. And for those who might be listening who are podcasters and you're looking for you know other guests or maybe just other shows to listen to, it's a pretty good resource and you know, it's shown that it does have success because that's why you and I are chatting. You know, we connected, uh, read exactly. your profile, thought you'd be a, a great addition to the show. So we've been exchanging emails back and forth and now here we are. So I appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, of course. It's uh, it's uh, Podbooker is my, this is my first experience with them and it's been good so far and hopefully I can have you on my show. Oh, absolutely. I'd love to. It's, it's always interesting. And I'm sure you probably feel the same way. It's 
interesting being on other shows as a guest because it's you get a whole different side to the podcasting experience because you're like oh what what do i do you know i'm, I'm not <laughs> I don't have to edit. I don't have to do all this other stuff that I normally do. So, but, but being guests on shows are, is pretty fun. So yeah, I'd, I'd love to, to be on your show as well. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. It's a lot. It's, it's freeing being on the other side of the microphone today where I don't have to worry about my notes or my levels and everything's it's all in your hands today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. So uh, talk to me a little bit about uh, your background and what ultimately brought you to working in the film and entertainment industry, because uh, as I've learned through doing this show over the years, there's not really a set path to get there. There's not like right. a how-to book that says you have to do these certain things or come from a certain background to get into the industry. Everybody has their own unique story. So uh, talk to me about what initially got you interested in working in the industry and how you got to where you are today? Yeah, for me, it, it goes back to um, my family. We owned a, a VHS C camera with the little, you know, kind of chunky tapes. Yep. And on family trips, we, we were always taking that uh, um, with us. And my dad would be like, okay, Luke, I want you to do like a, a three second pan, like to sh like show off this, whatever the Eiffel Tower, whatever way we, we we may have been at like, okay. So I'd like, it was really important for me to like take the camera and go right to left for three seconds, hit record and then hit unrecord. And, um, you know, from there on out, I've had a camera in my hand all the time. And that led me to film school at, um, the university of Colorado. And, um, when I got out of school, I it was pretty much like either New York or LA, like which one do you want to go to? And, you know, for me, I like to drive my car. So LA was the natural choice. I did not know anyone that lived um, or worked in the city. I had a, a friend of a friend that was um, nice enough to let me sleep on his couch for a week. And uh, so that's where I landed in LA. And he actually ended up giving my first, my first full-time job in LA um, was from that friend, James Ehlers. And that was actually in reality TV, or now we call it non-scripted uh, TV. Was it nerve wracking at all? As you said, driving to Los Angeles. So what, what was going through your mind as you were doing that? Were, was there a lot of anxiety? What was your mindset like? Yeah, you know, I don't remember any anxiety. It was more, I think, just excitement and the possibilities were endless at that point. I was 23 or 24. So, you know, I was pretty bright eyed and, and bushy tailed, whatever that means. Um, I was just excited to, you know, meet new people, meet new filmmakers and just see where I could land. Um, I thought for sure that my, my previous work from Colorado and my resume would get me into a lot of doors. That's totally not true. I think I've used my resume. I think my resume has gotten me nowhere. I think people have almost asked for it maybe no, at no point people ask you for your resume, except for maybe a few full-time jobs as a freelancer. We just live off of our, our contacts. Like someone needs a, someone needs someone to come in for a job and they have like two days to fill it. So they're not going to go hire someone on Craigslist or Upwork. They're going to go into their phone, find out someone who they trust and then bring them in. And that's how I got my first job, which led to many of jobs. Well, and that's something that I talk about on the show too, is it's important to have those connections. And sometimes all it takes is starting with one, you know, getting that yeah. first connection can then open you up to so many others. And I think having, you know, a good resume and a good background is, is nice to have, 
but as I've learned as well, you know, in my freelance video work here in, in Pensacola, Florida, it's also who you know and who is willing to say they know you to be like, oh, I know, you know, oh, Luke would be fantastic for this job or, you know, Derek might be the perfect fit for that. So that, that's, that's very important to know. Yeah. Vouching for someone is, it's like an everyday occurrence pretty much for either someone's doing it for you or you're doing it for someone else that, you know, um, your real will get you past the door, but it's not going to get you <laughs> through the door. I mean, you, that your first thing is got like who vouched for you. That's the very first thing that someone's gonna be like, okay, do I trust Sam to give me this recommendation for this job? Yes or no. And then from there, you know, it's up to you to succeed for sure. Talk to me a little bit about, you mentioned your first job was working in reality or non-scripted television. What was your yeah. job specifically and how was your experience with it? My first job was on a show called The Sing-Off, which was an acapella singing competition show for NBC. And um, this was 2009. So back in the mini DV tape age. So they had already shot a bunch of auditions across the country and they needed someone to come back, listen to the auditions that were moving forward in the process and listen for the artists and the titles. So um, we didn't have like Shazam back then. I had to go through manually and record all of these, um, all of these tracks for whatever reason. I don't know why. Um, it was, I think I was working for like probably, oh man, like two fifty a day. Um, for, but for me, that was super exciting. I was like, oh wow, this is a lot of money. All right, great. Where do I sign? Um, the bad thing about it was it was at the end of their pitch. So they were coming up to the end of the casting and they're about to pitch to the executives. Um, so the office is just like buzzing full of people and they barely had room for me to sit at the end of a six foot table. There was like five people in a room the size of a bedroom and they were all on these six foot tables working on their computers. And I'm sitting at the edge of one with just barely enough space for my laptop. And they didn't even have a chair for me. I had to sit on a, a large flat cooler for the day with a towel under my under my rear. Um, and that was my, my first day, uh, in the reality world. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like a memorable one for sure. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's awesome though. But I mean, that's it, sometimes that's what, you know, that's how it works sometimes, but it's, I think the fact that you were able to still get your foot in the door in any capacity is, is very important. And uh, I did want to also ask you, cause you, you've worked several different jobs of you've worked as um, an editor producer and, but the most intriguing title that you've held is casting editor what exactly does a casting editor do because I, i've heard of you know casting directors and when i was looking at your imdb i thought that's a title that i've never heard before so uh, can you talk to me a little bit about what your role as a casting editor is and what they do Sure. Yeah. So in a casting office, there's kind of three roles. There is the, the casting director who's kind of like, you consider them the director of a film or an executive producer of a project. And then below that, you have the casting producers slash um, talent scouts. They're the people that, that find talent to bring in to the shows that I worked on. And then there's um, casting editors who are also sometimes casting producers as well. But as a casting editor, we get usually two things. Um, 
I should mention that I only pretty much worked on talent shows. So singing shows, dancing shows, um, not a lot of um, personality kind of just shows like, um, what is it? The, uh, the real housewives of whatever city, right. not like that kind of stuff. So the, um, the casting team would go to a city like Atlanta and they would film someone singing a couple songs. If they liked them, they would ask them to sit down for a few minutes and talk about their life, talk about their struggles, talk about their aspirations. And then as a casting editor, I'm going to get both of those pieces of footage, either the talent and the interview, and I'm going to kind of mash them together into a highlight reel. So it might start out with a funny personality bite, and then we go into their song, come back for a personality interview bite, and then finish off with a new song. So something around like three minutes um, that kind of sums up their talent and their personality all in one little chunk. And um, after I would go through and edit 10 or 15 people, contestants, the casting director would come down and sit with me and, and watch the, um, the edit that I would do and give me notes like, okay, this song is pretty good, but it's not as good as the second one. So let's flip songs so that the better song is up front. Um, and the reason that they do that, they would heavy load um, the these edits with the most, the funniest personality at the beginning or the best song and the at the very beginning is because when we go and pitch these contestants at the final pitch meeting with people like Mark Burnett, whoever, um, people's attention, attention spans are very short. So like they'll see like 20 seconds and then they'll move on like either yes or no, this person's going to be on the show or they won't be on the show. So um, yeah, that's, hope that answers your question yeah no it's really fascinating to think that you know because i watching shows like say america's got talent or the voice you know, competitive shows like that like i've always wondered as someone who's dabbled more into the behind the scenes side of things i've always wondered you know like who is there just one person who puts the show together from start to finish i didn't think of it as being okay well one person puts this portion of the show together as far as the whole broad spectrum and, and then using it to, you know, for pitches and everything. Like I didn't even think of that. So that's, that's really fascinating. Yeah. It can be a very long um, process for the contestants um, to actually get on the show for shows like American Idol or the voice. Like you see them in front of the famous celebrity singers. Um, but there's probably three to four auditions that take place before that. Um, for example, when we have our large auditions for a singing show, I'll be one of 10 producers, casting producers, who sit in a room and all day I'm listening to singers come in and they'll sing a cappella, a song of their choice, for 20 to 40 seconds. And that's all they get. That's the first hurdle is that. And um, me and 10 other people were saying, yes or no right there on the spot and if and if they get a yes then then they'll get to sing with music the next time around and they get to you know bring an instrument if they want to um and if they get past that they'll go and sing in front of the executives if they get past that then you go in front of blake shelton and the adam levines and all those people so it is very hard to make it to the light of day in the reality world and it's interesting because when you watch shows like that and you you hear the contestant stories and everything before you see them actually in the voices case audition in front of the celebrity judges. You never really think that there's so many other steps before that. It's almost yeah. like the audition before the audition. 
Right, right, right. There is, yeah, there's so much that goes into it. Um, yeah, it's kind of baffling. We, I think for casting, it can usually take about four to six months um, of everyone, you know, looking for contestants, searching for contestants on YouTube, on Twitter, TikTok, wherever, inviting um, some of the, like the best of the best of people that have not been discovered by labels or by records, whoever. And uh, we, you know, we scout them, invite them, and then also just getting the large auditions together too, so that everyone can come together in one city at one time. Um, that's kind of the old school way of doing it now. That now that of course COVID's happened, I've been hearing that everyone's been doing everything through Zoom now, singing, you know, dancing, everything through the computer. That is the virtual world that we've kind of moved to now, and in a way, it it makes things easier because you don't have to travel to a specific location or like if even if you're an actor for a narrative film and you don't have to drive across town to to speak in front of a person for five or to ten seconds you can just hit record and submit so I, I think you know that that's something that I think will never go away now that it's become a thing the convenience of it is just I think it's just too great for it to completely go away yeah, I agree with you. I think it's going to stick around for a very long time. It's different in the sense that, you know, it, auditioning in front of a person or in front of an audience, you get a whole different vibe than just you talking in front of a camera because you're not really interacting with anyone. You're almost having to fake the interaction, if you will, which can make it more yeah. challenging, I think. Yeah, I I. I think maybe for some people it would help because they don't really have the nerves of performing to three people in a room. It's just a kind of blank computer screen connection of someone staring off into the distance at you. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's got to be a kind of a crapshoot between if it helps people or, or hinders people's auditions. For sure. Yeah, it's there's pros and cons to both. I think, you know, it, it might for those who might thrive on performing in front of people it might be you know crippling for them to just speak in front of a camera whereas someone who has anxiety about performing in front of people might thrive more in a more you know intimate setting just speaking in front of a camera maybe one person on the other side of it so like most everything there's pros and cons to both two sides of the coin yep absolutely so um you you've worked as a casting editor for you know shows like uh, Master Chef Junior, The Sing Off, um, Undercover Boss, um, and also The Voice, which is a show. And I, I, I got to mention that because my fiance is a huge fan of The Voice. Every time it's on TV, <laughs> we we're watching it. And so, how how did you get involved with that show, and how's your experience been working on it? Sure. Yeah. So that show uh, was casted by the same person, Michelle McNulty, who I worked for in the very first job that I ever got in LA. Um, so with Michelle McNulty, um, I worked on America's Best Dance Crew and The Sing Off, um, a few other shows, uh, but those are the, the big main three. And um, when we heard about The Voice, we were all pretty excited. One, because it had Mark Brunette, who's like the godfather of reality TV. And two, um, it was called The Untitled Talent Project when it came to us. They didn't have a name for it yet. But it came from Holland, from a show called The Voice of Holland. 
and they they showed us um one of the very first auditions that was a four chair turnaround and it was from this guy who just looked like a a big muscly biker riding dude he's all tatted up and like someone that you probably wouldn't want to stand next to at a subway but he came out and sang kings of leon as if he was like an operatic trained singer like just perfectly knocked it out of the park and got four chairs and i got goosebumps watching that and i think from that point on we were all like invested in the show like we wanted to get the best people and from what i've heard from other people that worked with mark brunette on his shows um it just kind of trickles down from the top like he cares about the shows he cares about the people that he works with on his shows and it creates a really great environment um, for everyone, whether you're in production or in, in casting. It's, it's been um, a great experience. I've made some lifelong friends um, to the casting company that I've worked with, Michelle McNulty's company, for many years. And um, yeah, some of the best years of my life, actually. And that's it, what's great about working in film and TV is that you never know who you're going to meet from you know, they could be from a completely different city or another part of the world or have a completely different background, different beliefs. When you come together to make a project happen, because there's so many levels of film and TV. And as you know, you've been educating me, the different levels that go into reality or you know, in the voices case, like a talent based competition show, there are so many layers to it and you never know who you're going to connect with and those relationships that you form, whether it's purely professional or as you mentioned, friends, you, know, you, you just never know. And that is one of the most rewarding parts about the industry, I think. Yeah. And I can kind of sum up that with a real life experience. Uh, we casted a show I've mentioned already, the sing off. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a group of college guys from the university of Oregon called on the rocks and they were they came on they were hilarious and um one of them moved from oregon to la after he um graduated from college and he hit up michelle the casting director and was like hey michelle i'm looking for a job do you have anything for us and so he got a job working for us as a, a casting producer and um there was another casting producer girl at the office and those two um, became really good friends and really good friends. And then eventually they got married and now they have kids. So oh, it was wow. kind of a awesome story between casting and the real world. That's amazing. That, that's, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. You never, you just never know. You never know who like, like one specific event or one job that might happen that, you know, sets you on a course for life like that. That's awesome. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. And also looking at your IMDb, I've seen that you've also dabbled into being um, a director and doing other aspects of the industry as well. Is that something that, you know, when you first started working in non-scripted television, was it, did you eventually know you wanted to branch out and try other things? Well, I, directing was always on my mind from the moment I, you know, left Colorado. That was the main goal and, and still is the main goal. Um, I'm, I'm focusing now on being a, a commercial director and yeah, you know, when I was in reality, spending all of my hours looking for contestants and talent, um, I was lucky enough to have friends that worked with me in the casting that also wanted to make films. And, um, I was able to, you know, make those short films 
on the weekends and um, yeah, create like a, a large network from, from casting and, you know, other people are always talented that work in the, in the reality world. And we all kind of want to be filmmakers. That's what brings us out to LA and we all find different paths along the way. Some people stay in reality and some people move on to other tech related things. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm still working on, on being a professional commercial director and, um, and um, I've been here for 12 years and been loving it ever since. Yeah, I've been out to, to Los Angeles twice and it's, you know, growing up, you're watching shows like, you know, Full House and other shows that were filmed, you know, out on the West Coast and just seeing footage of the West Coast. Like it was so different from where I lived. And I, I understand, you know, what where you're coming from and being that, you know, being out there is 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 really cool because you get to see things like the Walk of Fame. You get to see like where almost everything is made. I mean, it's changed a little bit now because of the invention of new technology. You know, you can make movies in Georgia, you can make movies in Tennessee, wherever the case may be, but there is something special still about Los Angeles. Yeah. Los Angeles, Los Angeles is, you know, where everyone comes to get their start. It seems like, and of course, product uh, productions are moving to London and Canada and, and everywhere. Um, so it feels like mostly only TV is being shot here now. Um, but yeah, I, I wish more films, I wish it was easier to shoot here. That's, that's the problem is the permitting and the fees are just astronomical, which makes it harder for everyone to shoot here. So even for me, like it's intimidating when I have small projects, like to go, to go pull those permits for every part of the process, whether you're inside a house, outside of a house, that's two different permits. And, um, yeah, it's it's kind of a bummer how how difficult it can be to to make films in the heartland of of filmmaking. And you would think, really, if there you could name one place that would be the easiest to shoot, would be L.A. because everything's right there. It's strange mm -hmm. how that works. Yeah, I I remember once um, I had a photo shoot and I had this this big old soft um, source. And I, I was like, I had it for the whole day. So I asked some of my, my model friends like, Hey, do you guys want to go out and shoot, um, over on the sixth street bridge? I'll bring out the, uh, the big light source. They're like, Oh yeah, let's go do it. So I brought out this, this big thing on a big, um, tripod stand and we're shooting pretty much almost in the middle of the streets at like midnight. And this cop pulls up, he's like, are you guys shooting video? I go, nope, just photo. He's like, all right, see you later. Just drove off because this is like a completely different world. Like the city wants to get so much money out of filmmakers and film permits. It's kind of ridiculous. That's crazy. That's, that, <laughs> that's, that's funny though. I was like, all right, see you later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't care less. Yeah. But uh, yeah, as we start to wrap up here, I did want to ask you, uh, you mentioning, you know, putting all the, the packages together for the singers who would audition for these you know shows and there have been a lot of inspirational stories from some of these contestants were you exposed to that in the in your job and if so were there any specific stories that had an emotional impact on you oh that is a good question that i should have thought of beforehand um emotional stories I mean, at the end of the day, everyone has, has hardships, um, some that 
people don't put out there into the world until they're asked kind of flat out. Um, I can honestly not think of any off the top of my head. Um, but what has been cool from, at least from the voice, um, I got to know a couple of the singers really well, became legitimate friends with them. And, um, uh, they became close enough with me and trusted me enough to make music videos with them. Um, and that's been an awesome kind of, uh, perk about working with so many talented people is that they need, um, talented people like me to make content for their, for their careers. And, and it's been an honor to be trusted with, with some of their projects like that. I imagine that has to be a rewarding experience in a way that, you know, they trust you with that because in a way they're putting their hopes and dreams in your hands. That's got to be a gratifying feeling. Yeah. I remember I, I did a music video with, with Anthony Evans, who is a, he's a pretty famous gospel singer um, for people that know gospel music and Christian music. And um, after he got done with the voice, um, he asked Michelle McNulty, the casting director of the voice, like, Hey, I need someone to direct my music video. And I had only done like one low budget as crap music video. And she recommended me because she saw something in me, which I appreciated. And um, we ended up going to do like a, a 20 or $30,000 music video, which was, you know, 10 times larger than any budget I've ever done. We went and shot it out in the desert and um, with the techno crane and everything. And we made it look amazing and beautiful. And I had a great team supporting me, but I honestly was terrified to shoot that music video for such a large, important person. Um, but yeah, someone gave me the faith and uh, I luckily was able to, to come through. No, that's fantastic. <laughs> that's great. Uh, I always like to end the conversations with this. What is one piece of advice that you could give someone who wants to work in the entertainment industry? Sure. Um, you know, like we talked about at the very beginning, you know, your resume doesn't really mean that much. It's all about who you know. And I didn't think that was really going to be true when I moved out to LA. I was like, nah, that's not important. Um, but I would say, you know, value all of your friendships, all of your connections. If someone gives you a business card, follow up. If someone says, hey, we should get a drink sometime, follow up and get those drinks. Like make your connections, be invested in other people's projects and they'll return the favor when it comes time that like, hey, I need a photographer for this really quick. Or, hey, I need a, uh, a camera operator to come in for this. Like you'll never know when the opportunity is going to come and knock on your door. So just make sure you leave as many doors open as possible. I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> Do you have a website or social media that you'd like to plug so the listeners can follow you and tell people about your podcast? Yeah. Oh yeah. So my podcast is called movie time capsule. It's about, um, people. I tell people that the world is ending and you have 60 minutes to put your favorite movies in a time capsule. And it's kind of like the desert deserted Island question. Like if you could bring one movie with you, except in this case, it's, you know, like 10 movies, like what's the movie that makes you cry What's the movie that you would show someone if you wanted to cheer them up? Move, uh, questions like that that are a little more um, emotional and, and less service level questions about movies. So I can get to know people through their movie choices. And um, yeah, you can find that on all of the podcast players. My website is lukechaney.com. And um, my Instagram, if you want to see what I'm doing, is Los Angeles underscore Luke. Fantastic. Well, Luke, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. This was great. 
Derek, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. And uh, I'm going to invite you to come on to the movie Time Capsule and, and give me your choices. Absolutely. You know, just let me know and we'll, we'll make it happen. Thanks again to Luke Cheney for that awesome conversation. Be sure to check out his podcast, the Movie Time Capsule Podcast, and follow him on Instagram at Los Angeles underscore Luke to find out what he'll be up to next. And if you want to follow this show on social media, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at D Diamond Podcast. If you want to subscribe to the show, I'm on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Amazon Music, anywhere you get your podcasts. Just search for the Derek Diamond Experience. And if you could, please leave a review. The more reviews I get, the more visible I become to the podcasting public. If you want to watch the video versions of the show, they're on YouTube. Just search for the Derek Diamond Experience. If you want to follow me on Patreon, I'm at patreon.com slash Podcast. If you want early and ad-free access to episodes, the chance to vote on show topics such as the Clerks Watch Along that I did uh, earlier this month, which will actually, well, actually lose last month when I did the Clerks Watch Along. That'll be posted for the public. Uh, next week, I'll be doing a Ghostbusters Watch Along with Jason Robbins and Wally Phelps in a couple of weeks, just in time for the Halloween season. If you want to vote on the top five list, uh, this month we'll be doing top five horror movie characters. That's going to be a lot of fun to do. Just head on over to patreon.com slash Podcast. And of course, thank you to the Unicorn Wranglers for providing the theme music for the podcast. You can check out all their music on Apple Music, Google Play, and Spotify. That's going to do it for this week's show, so enjoy the rest of your week. Have a safe and fun weekend. Thank you for tuning in to another awesome episode of the Derek Diamond Experience. I'm your host, Derek Diamond, and we'll see you guys back here next Thursday.